Hey everybody, this is Josh, one half of the I Like My Spouse podcast. We just want to thank everybody for supporting the podcast thus far. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at I Like My Spouse. You can email us at I Like My Spouse at gmail.com or leave us a text or a message at 516 253 Like. That's 516 253 5453. And without further ado, here is part two of how we met. Oh, I got bars. I was excited. Now, let me tell you what was happening while you was fasting. Now, see, this is what's funny to me. While you was fasting and couldn't call me, the past called me. And all of a sudden, the past was popping up. Now, mind you, I had not talked to this guy in forever. We broke it off. We had a very, we had a four-year relationship. It was, the, the last two years were very horrible. So for me, I had cut that off and I was like, I'm good. And it wasn't just one past calling, it was like two. Cause it was Ian too. Remember I said he popped up out of nowhere. Now this is happening all while you're fasting. Calling me, texting me and I'm like, Oh, this is strange because prior to, I didn't know, I knew you were fasting, but I didn't know any like detail what was going on. And that's how it works. Like you're focused. And then I don't know where your past is like, Hey, hey, how you doing? What's going you? on? All of a sudden you become like a platter, a shrimp platter. Shrimp now platter. I need to inquire about you and how you doing? And it's been a while. How you doing? So how I knew it was real is I had to literally tell these people, listen, my, my, I'm, I'm seeing somebody and it's real. Like, so please do not call me. And then I had to switch numbers. I don't know if you remember my mother's mm-hmm. changed the number. Mm-hmm. And so I knew it was real then because I was like, whoa. Like, now, I never was the girl that dated like 18 people at one time. It just was not my style. I was always a nerd. So none of the guys paid me no mind anyway. They always paid my sisters the attention. So for me... I never really had like five and six boyfriends. So for two people to be coming at me at the same time, it was like, okay, this is kind of strange. But it was also strange for me to be like, no, I'm like devoted to this one person. Like I I like him. This is is who I like. This is who I officially love. And so in between your fasting was when I spoke to my father. And I had to tell him, I was like, oh my God, my dad's gonna, he's gonna say, you told me this before. Mm -hmm. That's why I was reluctant. But I had prayed before I spoke to him. And I said, God, you have to give me the words to say to my dad. Because my dad is very overprotective. And I don't think there's such a word. When you're a father, you're just protective, period. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have, I don't think you could be over anything. I think it's just a matter of caring about your kid. Whether it be a boy or a girl. But when it comes to fathers and their daughters, it's like, no. They they are, they're going to make sure that whoever they hand their kid to... It's the right person. And I remember, again, going into his study. And I was like, Daddy, want to talk to you? And he was like, what's up? He was actually studying for his sermon. And I said, I have to talk to you about Josh. And he was like, it looked like he wanted to be like, what he do? But he just kind of sat up in his chair. And I said, I'm feeling something. And I want to make sure it's, it's legit. And he was like, well, what are you feeling? And I was like. I feel like I love him. And he was like, okay. And he he went on to give me some stuff. And then while he's talking to me, I'm feeling my eyes well up. Like I'm at a funeral kind of cry. And he's talking to me and he's saying things like not anything mean. He's saying things like, you know, you want to make sure you don't hand your heart over too early. You just really pretty much got to know this guy. And while he's talking, I'm 
feeling the tears. <laughs> so my dad was used to me. He knew I was an emotional being. So he didn't really get excited when he saw like the tears. He's like, oh, okay, she's crying. And then I'm crying. I'm saying, no, but daddy, like, I really love him. And he sat back in his chair and looked at me and he's handing me a tissue and I'm crying. Like, I really love him. Like, love him. Like, how you love mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's that one thing about my dad, when he got serious, he goes cross his legs. So he crossed his legs and he looked at me and he said, okay. He said, okay, um, I know you well. And usually you don't get, you know, worked up about things of this nature. And he's like, and the only, you're crying. So that's getting my attention. He's like, not because you're Melissa, you always cry. He said, this is like a different cry if I see it. He said, okay. So here's what I'm going to say. He said, what I'm going to say is, let's just trust this. If this is what you feel it is, then we'll wait. We'll, we'll talk to the Lord. And he's like, and if this is really somebody you're going to marry, then I'll walk you down the aisle myself. So for me, because my father didn't get to do that, that was his approval to me. So when it was really time for us to get, I remembered that conversation because I had questions in my mind like, Dad, I wonder if Daddy would have said okay to this. And that conversation always popped up in my mind that he said, I'll walk you down the aisle. He never said that to me about nobody. He, he used to say in general, I would like to walk my kids down the aisle. But he never said to me, if this is the Lord, then I'll walk you down the aisle by myself. So when he said that, I calmed down and I said, okay. And he said, you know, I trust your feelings. I trust you know what you feel. I said, Daddy, do you like Josh? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I don't know him like that. I don't know him enough to be like, oh, I like him. He was like, but I like his character. I like what he's trying to become. I could see that he really wants to be, you know, whatever the Lord wants him to be. He was like, I see that. I see that shaping. I like that. And so for me, it was like, okay, my dad is cool. Because he would have said right off the, I don't like him. But he was like, okay. So um, it made me appreciate you more because my father having uh, approval was a big deal to me. Him, Uncle Thomas, that, that was like a big, big deal for me. So I moved into the thought process of, okay, now I don't want to be this guy's girlfriend. Like I legitimately wanted to. You know, the girls automatic, or automatically rather go into wedding day <laughs> and thinking of wedding day, but I didn't even think like that. My brain cells was like, I would like to be this man's wife. Seriously want to be this man's wife. And I remember saying to God, like, I don't know how real this is, but whatever way you work it out, I, I will flow like this. I and that's when we brought it to our bishop. Yeah. I remember uh, about two years into our, our relationship. And so our church believes in courtship. So there is a difference between courting and dating. The, the major difference between courting and dating is that there's really no one-on-one uh, -on -one dates. You're not going out to dinner, no movies or anything like that by yourself. Courting is I'm getting to know this person with the intention of marrying this person. Mm. You know, courting gives you the ability to learn an individual um, in an informal setting, like hanging out with friends and things like that. And also during the courting process you're asking god is this the person mm -hmm. for me uh other than otherwise you're just wasting your time 
dating is like a feeling out process. Now, here's the issue that a lot of people have, I find it funny, but not really so much funny because people say, oh my God, but how are you going to know somebody in a group? Oh, you going to oh, know. Yeah, you learn a lot about oh, you somebody. Gonna know. How someone interacts with other people. Because they're not going to put on a front with, in yeah, front with of friends a group. And like, yeah, like, when you one-on-one, oh yeah, girl. Oh yeah, I got, girl, listen, I can girl, do I, this. I can, I, you know what I'm saying? I baby? work this, you know, whatever. You know what I mean, baby? When you're in a group, you're more laid back and more like, your guard is down more. So you're going to act exactly how you act on for real. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be stupid and silly. You saw how me and Genesis was. Shout out to Genesis. But when Popo was alive, we used to Shout out to a whole entire mess in a group. In a group, it was a whole fool. I mean, I got videos for years. Just us being together. And the way we acted together. Yeah. When we were together, it was different from the way I acted with you by mm-hmm. myself. Because now, by myself, I got to prove something to you. I got to prove that, you know, yeah, I eat the salad and not the burger. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. But when you're in a group, your guard is down. You're more like... Give me the like, burger with the bacon. You're like, give me the burger. I want the milkshake. Because you're... So the person that's courting you, they can see like, oh, okay, this person... Yeah, they're fat. <laughs> so, okay, they're actually going to eat. Oh, they really can dance. Okay, okay, I got you. Right. So it's it changes how the person, quote unquote, acts. Mm-hmm. You can see the person that now, when you're, once that part is over, that's why marriage is so much fun in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Because then you really do get to see the side that they don't show the quote-unquote crowd. So you'll see the sensitive side. You'll see the romantic side. Because those are things you're not going to put in a group. Mm. You're going to show your wife that. So that's the thing that you get to explore while married. But in a group, you get to explore the the laid-back side. Mm -hmm. Who is this person when they're just in the street or they're at a dinner table or, you know, and you kind of figure out then, like, Okay, there's some things that I don't like. There's some things that I do like. One thing that I didn't like is that Josh knew everybody and their mama. See? So I felt like, good Lord, if I walked with this boy in the mall, I, I, I'm not going to be able to have no peace because everybody's going to be like, hey, Josh, what's up? How you doing? Yeah, she love it, though. Side so, sidebar, sidebar. So that joint about, still happens. Yeah, yeah you darn on right. It happens, <laughs> literally so. went to the park like two weeks ago and a dude came out, yo, Josh. I was like, really? So, right apart, so we, I remember the first time um, it was me, Mel, um, and two of my sisters, Anissa. Oh, and my God. Anissa and oh, Tim. At, um, and, uh, at the mall. And, uh, oh, I thought you were talking Lil about Little Mama. Little Chuck E. Right? Cheese. No, that, it, we'll talk about that one right <laughs> after. So we was at the mall, and at the time, I worked for a financial institution, and one of my customers owned a candy, like, kiosk oh in the God. mall. Oh, my God. And I'm walking by, I'm saying what's up to him. He's asking me questions about like his account and stuff. And my wife and my sisters are like, oh my God, he knows everybody. Like we can't just walk through a mall. And then he's like, who's this? I was like, oh, this is my wife and these are my sisters. And this man says, no, please let them take, take. Here's a bag, take whatever you want. Take, please take, take. And I'm like, no, no, we don't have to do that. And they're looking at each other like, no, 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 let us take, let us take. So. I was like, oh, so it's cool for me to know everybody. In certain circumstances. (laughs) Like at Chuck E. Cheese when we had Layla. uh And this girl popped up at the cash register. And she's just like. She was one of my. I also coach coach, uh, uh, girls basketball. 
And it was one of my former uh, players. And she goes, oh my God, you have a daughter? Oh my God, take all these coins and I'm going to send a pizza over to you guys. I was like, what? Oh, okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> because it was that time where I was like, wow, that's good. But but again, it was at that that moment in the crowd that I realized, okay, I don't like that. But I did love that Josh was so freaking funny like he had the whole table laughing the whole time i was like yo i love and you know why uh, everybody wants a guy i don't care what nobody said every girl wants a guy that kind of has characteristics of her dad and my father nobody really knew unless they actually hung out with him that he was a joker the man used to fake like he was drunk all the time like he he, he studied like drunk people so he would watch like flip wilson and stuff mm -hmm. and mimic stuff like that because he was silly and he you know he was the kind of dude that would make up songs he had this song called that's my yob not job but yob because he used to say at the 7-eleven the indian people said <laughs> <laughs> he said something to the Indian guy. He's like, yeah, that's my job. And my dad literally walked from the 7-Eleven to home singing, that's my job. So <laughs> my father was a straight up fool. So when I discovered like Josh is mad funny, it was something that tickled me. And it was kind of like, yeah, I like that. So in that group setting, I got to see like, okay, Josh is like this. He's very gentleman like he, you know, not with just me, with my sisters too. He was making sure they had everything they wanted. If they didn't have everything, he was calling the waiter like, hey, whatever. So it was a good time to discover things about him that I did actually like and didn't like. So that's why the group thing is a yeah, good idea because it's, it's actually a time for you to mentally take mental notes. Okay, I like this about the person. I don't like this about the person. So... When you guys do a more intimate thing, you know, those things can be kind of ironed. And it out. also teaches you boundaries as well. Yeah. It teaches true. you how to look at a person and communicate with a person and not to have the intent of, oh, I just want to kiss on them and have sex with them and get up in their pants and right. that'll kind of be that. Um, so it, it really helps you just to actually learn the person. And like I keep saying, it taught us how to be better friends right. like it really taught us how to be really good friends to each other so we went right. to our bishop right because this was the right thing to do we're right. in the so church we her, her the father rumors. had recently passed away yes. at this time it was like two years into his passing and we go to our bishop we go to our bishop and, and we, we say you want to get married and she, she says, says, no. No. She says, absolutely not. You are not, not, ready. not ready. And we're and like, we're what are you talking there, about? We're ready. And then she's like, absolutely not. She's emotional. And she has lost her father. She's emotional. And then she's like, you'll run. And I was she, like, I would not ever mean no number. She said, you are not stable in your mind to take a wife right now. I was like, nah, bitch, nah, nah, pass, nah, pass, you wild. And she said to me, you have not counseled over the death of your father. Josh is going to become your father. And he's not going to live up to the standard because he's not your father. And I gave her the nastiest look. And Josh agreed with her that, okay, Not at first. we need to, you did, babe. That's why she said to you, mm -hmm. now she over there mad. Right. <laughs> you got yeah, a mad, mad, you got a mad little, you got a mad, mad little girl over there. Said, what you going to do with that? What you going to do with that? Because <laughs> right now she pissed because you agreeing with what I'm saying and she does not agree. And Josh agreed that, okay, we're going to step back. We're going to take a moment and we're going to pray. And overseer said, we're going to give you a list of stuff we think that you should handle but before, before you that, walk down the aisle. Even before that, um, we, we had decided to back up and 
you know, take a take a yeah. step back. But we didn't really, right? So not fully. Uh, not fully. We had still intentionally, very intentionally, tried to plan our entire wedding. Yeah. Right? We tried to find a venue. We tried to find We said, okay, we're not gonna date. We so did. we just gonna we just gonna find a venue. We gonna yeah. And you know, in my sick, crazy mind, I'm thinking it's gonna work out because they don't know what they're talking about. We're fine. We 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 good. But the reality was we was not. We were not. <laughs> I mean, and everything got shut down too. Like so, at at first, it was like we couldn't find a wedding dress. Uh uh-uh. uh We couldn't find a venue for the wedding. Nope. We couldn't find a venue for the reception. No. Nope. Like who was gonna if our pastor wasn't gonna marry us. Who's going to marry, gonna marry right? us? So we was almost just, at the justice of peace. Literally. And so, I mean... Not saying that the justice of peace is not a good thing, because it's definitely good. I would recommend it over any wedding, because you're saving money. Right. But when you got to But when them. you got to do it because you're being sneaky, it's different. Right. So, we go through all that, and every door is literally slammed in our face, Every right? single door. Um, and at this time, they told us to take a step back, and we're not. We're seeing each other almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I knew it was wrong is that I was lying to my father where I'm going. And it because it shifted from me saying, I'm going out with Josh to, no, I was lying yeah, to my mom. Your... I was lying to my mother saying, I'm going out with Josh to, oh, I'm just going with my best friend or I'm going here, I'm going there. And it was never the truth. It was never like me and Josh are going, no. It was more so like, I'll be back. Because at that time, honest and true, my mom wasn't really paying attention. I was like 20-something years old. She felt like you're grown, do what you got to do. But it was more of me hiding it now. Because now my mom was also in agreement that we needed to take a step back. She mm-hmm. was in the meeting as well. And she felt like, she's right. You just lost your dad. You need to work through that. Let's work through that first. And then we can talk about. And I was livid at everybody. I felt like you're all against me. And I almost was mad at Josh until I realized, no, he's on my team. We about to do this on the low. So it got crazy. And then I think that's when we decided, no, we need to step back a little bit yeah. for real. Well, Melissa wasn't in all agreement with that. I wasn't either. in agreement. So um, I was in revenge I, I had at that talked point. To, I was ready to fight people. I had talked to our overseer at the time. Mm. And she was just like, you really got to step back. Because I was like, I'm confused because I want to do what the Lord is telling me to do, but I don't want to hurt Melissa because, like, I'm really going to marry her, but, like, I don't know what to do. And she said, at the end of that conversation with Overseer, I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to Melissa, mm-hmm. and I ceased, I emailed the letter to Melissa. Ooh, I, I was so it. mad at Joshua. I ceased <laughs> it to our overseer, and it pretty much said... I said, I know this Negro did not just write me a letter. No, you much, don't write me no letter now. Like, seriously? <laughs> it pretty much said that I love you enough to step back and do what the Lord is telling Ooh, me to do. if looks could kill, you would have died that night. So you would have died. <laughs> and I, I remember it was so tough doing that because I loved this lady so much that I loved her so much that it was almost she almost became my god in a sense. So it was just like you're you're, you're filling a, a space now that you have no right to be in. So it was like you got. And the anger that I felt was more of the fear of this dude is going to run. He's he's not going to stick around for this because. He, he want to marry me, but they telling him no. So he, what he going to do? He going to be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to move on. And so my anger came from, okay, now I'm going to lose the one person that I actually really want to be with. 
And that turned into rage until I literally had the Lord say, stop, because you going to make this a mess. And I, I was like, oh, okay, it was, a, it was a Sunday morning. I got tore up, and the Lord said, you got to stop, because you going to make him run. It ain't, it ain't bishop, it ain't overseer, it's you, because you want this so bad without the proper instructions. Right. And so I, that was when I decided, okay, I got to push back a so, little bit. So we split up. Mm-hmm. And overseer uh, and said, overseer. here's what I want you to do. I'm giving you a list, and it's according to your lifestyles right now. Right. So you going to have a list that she not going to have. Your list is going to be similar, but not really, right. because you have things going on in your life that's different from him. So I got to give you a list according to where you are and where I want you to go. And, my, and, my, and the list was very practical. It was practical. Like, like the and then thing, honestly, we did have similar things, though. Yeah, they were they were different, but they were they were it was all pretty much in the same lane. So. Right. Like the one of the biggest things was you know make sure you move, move out of your parents' home. So because mm-hmm. I, I was living with my mom and you was, I was with living with my mom. mom. So and everybody who knows me, I am a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Like I had the intention, like the full mind intention to get married with a with a whole wife, mm-hmm. right? That was a lie. Right, a hundred percent whole wife. And move into my mother's home. That, like, that was, was a my, lie. It was never was, moving in with your mother. That was, <laughs> that was my mindset and that was my plan until I got this list like, wait, like that's great. That's straight up crazy. Like taking your, your wife to yeah, your mother's home. Like men like, don't do that. Yeah, please Now, wait, push pause. It is a necessity to do because you have to do it. Right. It's different than you planning to do it because right. you being lazy and right, don't want right. to be on your own. Right. It's a different situation if, because I'm all for Layla, Ava, Lillian, and whoever else to say to me, Mommy, we need to stay with you for two years because we want to buy Hold a up, house. Hold up, she's not pregnant. She's I'm not, not pregnant. pregnant. Right. Oh, my God, I'm right. not pregnant. But you don't know what Jesus is going to do. Right. So anyway, what I'm saying is... Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> this saying... If my kids were to come up to me and say, Mom, we need two years because we want to get a house. We don't want to rent. We want a house. Hey, then by all means, here's what you do. But if you're you're coming to me and saying, Mommy, we got to move in because homeboy don't got a job because he don't want to work. That's different. Now, Josh had the intention because he wanted to be with his mama. Right. It wasn't that he didn't want to take on a wife. It's just that he didn't want to leave his mother too. Right. So that's why his brain cells was all whacked and out of whack and crazy. And then my list consisted of being independent because I was not. I was used to being with my father who did everything like we talked about in the other podcast. Everything was done by him down to the bathroom being clean. So overseer felt like, listen, you got to learn to do these things by yourself. You cannot have a husband and expect him to do it all. Um, and in my brain, I thought that's just what men did. And that's just the honest truth. Because my dad was very catering. Mm-hmm. So I watched him cook food. My mother ain't got nothing. She used to tell you, she didn't do nothing. My father catered to her, literally. And it was great. It was for her, that for their life, that worked. Mm-hmm. But what it did is it messed me up. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah. So the man goes to work, comes home. Now, my mom worked. That wasn't that. We both work. That man comes home and he's, no, no. I had to get in the mindset of, no, I need to learn how to clean clothes 
you know, wash mm-hmm. dishes, do those basic things. Pay bills. Pay bills. Um, fix get, your credit. Yeah. Um, get a job and keep get a job. Get a job and keep a job for more than six months. Um, save money on that. Understand what it is to be by yourself. So right. I had to move out of my mother's house and I had a roommate. And we moved and I stayed with her for a year. And that was one of the most challenging experiences I've ever had because I really didn't. It took me like a good six months to understand that, no, you can't go buy a whole wardrobe because you don't want to clean clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And mind you, I was doing that. Every time I got paid, I was up in the Elizabeth shopping mall just shopping for the whole week because Because I refused to clean clothes. clothes. I said, no, we're just going to get a new outfit. And what was I doing with the other clothes? Just tossing them. So I had to learn, like, no, you got to get detergent. Yes. Get get some some dryer sheets and find yourself a laundry mat and sit in the laundry mat and yeah. clean your clothes. So I had to do that. And those things literally saved my life, period. Because if I didn't learn that stuff, I would have been a terrible wife. I, I literally be the dude sitting on the couch doing nothing, just chilling. So awesome. we did the list. We went through the list, and in between that, we did the prayer. Mm-hmm. We did the counseling. We did the counseling. We talked it through. We asked the Lord to just show us, excuse me, ourselves, show us each other. Um, I remember even in that time, I was like, wow, I'm hearing God clear. This is scary. Yeah. Because I never heard him that clear before. So that opened up my prayer life and... Before I knew it, we were bringing it back to our overseer. Yeah, it was about a year later. We went back to our overseer. We were like, hey, we've been praying. We're just trying to figure, like, we we pretty much knocked out this list. Is there anything else you can think of that we should do to kind of prepare for the next step? And she was like, no, I was just talking to the bishop. We think you're ready. Pick a date. And we were like, we're not ready. Wait. No, Wait, wait, we're just Just kidding. kidding. Not yet, not yet. Wait, help, time out. And she was like, no. You're ready," she said. "You, you. Not only did you knock out the list, but we see the maturity, yeah. and we see your responses to certain things. They've changed, and um, you're ready. And, and I, we I, knew we were ready. It was just like hearing that we're ready was like, like, no, I'm not ready, kind of thing. Not sure about that. And then she said, "So just pick a date." So we when had we, an option of we had Halloween. Op- <laughs> yeah, we had an option. So this was this was August, right after our. Mm our Founders Weekend Celebration at our church. Mm. So it was, it was mid to late August. And um, she said, these are the options of date where our bishop was available to perform a ceremony. Mm-hmm. It was either October 3rd, October 31st, <laughs> or, or the following year. Or the following year. No, it was November. There was a November date? Yeah, because it was like after Thanksgiving though. And we were like, we're not waiting that long. Or the following year. So those were those three days. Because it was like the end of the year. So right. Bishop was like totally booked. And we said, okay. And when I say booked, because we got some people that's not really saved or whatever. Right. She had other engagements. She right. had to preach out other places. So she already made those commitments. So it's not like she could be like, oh, sorry, my member is getting married. Right. <laughs> I got to quit. I'm sorry, I can't come. It's like, no, she already made these arrangements. She already did airfare. She already... She right. did it. So it's nothing so. that we can really do at this point. We have to follow her schedule. So, so. we definitely were not doing Halloween. Halloween. That was just a no-no. So I don't care how you put that. And uh, November was just like... It was far. It was very far. And we felt like, Oct- you know, October why 3rd. wait that long? Yeah. We're already, we already here. Know. We, we know what... No. 
So we decided the 3rd of October was the best day. And then that's when it was so like, So it literally Whoa. gave us about six weeks, a little mm. over six weeks to kind of put a wedding together. No, it was like two months. It was no, like a remember, full it was, two it was, it was It was right after uh, Founders, which is the middle of August. But remember, yeah, but it was like a good seven. It was like two months. All right, so two months, I want right? to say two months safely. See, see, fellas, you see what I just said there? Yeah, you just flow with your wife, whatever Boom. she says. Usually the wife take, is right. Take points, guys. So you got to go points. with whatever the wife is saying. Right. Because nine so, out of ten, she's keeping dates and making sure that it's right. Absolutely. I'm just saying. Fellas, you see what I did? So okay. anyway. <laughs> so now we're, we're, we're in planning mode, right? We're in planning mode. Now let me show you how clutch Jesus is. So here we are planning this wedding. And we have no clue how to do anything. We know nothing. We didn't know where to get a dress. Until we met Auntie Sonia. Auntie Sonia. So, and Auntie Sonia said, I got this. Right. So <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> we found this little store called Camille Levy, mm-hmm. where Mel got her wedding dress. Oh, my gosh. Right? That there, was so fun. Shout out to Camille Levy. There that was, was so this fun. little uh, tuxedo mom and pop shop called Dante Zeller. Boom. Right? That's and not a mom and pop, though. It's that's, not. That's it's everywhere, but it's, it's cool. Right? Um, Dante Zeller um, went for the tuxedos. As long as there were three groomsmen or more, the groom got his tux for free. For free. So, boom. And shout that out, four, right? And there was four and an usher. And an usher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that was that. Um, the church where we got married was the same church where... Mel and her. Now that was something that I wanted to keep because I promised my dad. He said, I don't care, you know, what you do with receptions and all of that. The one thing I want all my daughters to do, I would like you to get married in the same church I got married. And my sisters was like, (laughs) like, we don't want to do that. And I said, Daddy, I will do that. He said, Thank you, thank you. (laughs) But I said to him, that was one of the things I would keep is I said to Josh, I don't, I, I, the one thing that I'm asking, I hope it's not a big deal, is I do want to get married at St. John only because it's something that I promised. And so when I told overseas, she was like, oh, absolutely. Because it wasn't that I didn't want to get married in Beth Rafa. It was that it was a promise I made him. Now, did I know I was making a promise that I wouldn't have him present for? No. I just said it because I really felt like, okay, that's the one thing he's asking for. He's not even asking to be like the officiator, like, right. however you say it. Mm-hmm. He's not, the, not going to do the wedding. He's saying, I just want you to do it in the same spot. So how that worked out is, shout out to my grandma. She called the necessary people, my father's mother, and they said, yeah, then we'll do it. It's fine. Um, they wanted a fee, and my grandma was like, that's fine. I, I do it. And then I think later they said it's fine right. because it was it was her. She's one of the mothers of the church. And because it was my dad. And my dad was a big deal in that church. Right. Big, big deal. He was like, when he come through, everybody came out to hear him speak. So it was a big deal for him. So the church was taken care of in like a matter of like an hour right. or so. Now the reception hall was a place that I uh, interned at, worked at. It was called Extravagant, Taint, Extravagant Taste. Taste. Shout out to Rashad. Um, oh, Rashad, can you and I went, open that up? <laughs> right, I went to Rashad and said, hey, I'm getting married. We need a venue for the uh, reception. And the number that he gave us for the reception was just absolutely retarded. Can't even repeat it on a recording. So shout out to Rashad. Um, the DJ, shout out to my man Trent. Trent. Trent hooked it up. Trent hooked it up also for a price that was absolutely just insane. It was like 
dollars. And he said he would wait until the actual wedding day to get paid. Which now, does not. Which does not happen, happen at all. Happen with a DJ. DJs the reception hall too. Reception that doesn't happen. Too, yeah. You're supposed to pay ahead of time. They were like, it's everybody fine. Wanted their money. Do it Normally, the everybody wants their money up front, cold cash, That's pay right. me, and then we'll get down to business. But they allowed us to pay everything the, when same, we, day. the same day as the mm-hmm. wedding. Um, transportation. Was provided by my boy. Shout out to Mac. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Rob, my boy. Baby. Right? So um, at the time, Mac had a BMW and Rob had an Acura SUV, and those were the vehicles that we used for no the No limo. We no didn't limo. Need that. Those cars were clean. Clean. Pristine I mean, clean. So nice. And they didn't charge us not a dime. Not a right? dime. Um, and they were in the wedding. Well, Rob wasn't in the wedding, wasn't but in the still. Wedding. Right. But um, they all played their part. Now, my best man, shout out to Rue. Rue for Scott and Pope. The second. No, the third. Oh, my God. And not only the, the best man, yeah, he but was the my decorator, best man. the Wedding invite he just, did, he just did it all. He did it all. <laughs> kept me sane, told me to breathe. I mean, he oh, my did God. He kept Josh from dying um, on his wedding day. And uh, so he did the decorating, and he just charged for material. That's right? it. Um. And everything literally fell into place. Our caterer was none other. Sandra Oates. Sandra Oates. Right? So she was the She said, just pay for the food. She didn't even say that. She said, take me to Costco. I will show you what you need to get. You buy it. And that's I will make it. That was her. I said, Sandra, how you gonna do that for this amount of people? She said, What I said to do. That's exactly what she said. And she took me in her car. She drove me to Costco. We got a, a what was a cart or something, mm-hmm. whatever we had. She filled it. I paid. She said, "I see you on your wedding day." And that was it. And that was it. and the food was stupid. We got a cake. Cake was paid for. I mean, so okay. So keep in mind, we had about two months to plan this wedding, right? Right. For everything so that's that was like a done, few paychecks, not really like a lot of paychecks. Out of pocket, we came out less than twenty five hundred dollars for everything. Yeah, and the and we got it all back on the wedding night. On the wedding night, because people gave us so much money so in gift cards. So I know some people are hearing it, and like twenty five hundred dollars is not a lot of money. But if you would have saw our wedding, you'd be like, "What?" Yeah. The so heck? for us, I mean, our reception was only about 60, 70 people, if that. I think it was no more than fifty. I think it was less than that at the reception. So to get that much back and to have everything paid off. Before we went on our honeymoon. And extra money left over. It was it was wonderful. Like, and somebody paid for us. So Mel had to be back at work that following Monday. Yes. So somebody paid for us to go in a hotel for that weekend. Like fully paid for. And I'm the what we say all this because when you wait on God and you yeah, wait on the Yeah, because the Lord, first time it was a match. Yeah, the first time was an absolute. It was like match. thirteen bridesmaids. She really had. Now I didn't. I didn't really have thirteen friends like that. But Mel was like, "No, I know guys that are come. Don't worry." Right. I was like, "I got it. Don't worry about it." And I saw overseas. She said, "Melissa, (laughs) she said said, you don't want thirteen. That's just too many." I said, "Nah, nah, nah. This is how I'm." And I, I literally like wrote it down for her. She said, "No, you need to get people that you know in ten years." You're gonna see them again. You're, they're gonna be still present in your life. Right. And she was so. When I say she was so right, she was so right because the the people that were in my wedding are still, if not more, 
involved in my life than those 13 people that I was considering, seriously. Mm -hmm. So I have four, four girls, I had four girls, and one of them being my older sister, so they, she was maid of honor. The four people, Patrice, Genesis, Anissa, are still very active in my life and very present in my life. And if I wouldn't have taken them, now they were among the 13. They, they were among the 13. But for me, it was like, no, I gotta have these 13 people. And overseer said, no, 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 no. You gotta have the people that you know that when, when push come to shove, they witnessing your wedding for a reason. Wow. They're gonna remind you. That's what it is, witnessing. That's what it is. I'm reminding you of the value you just made. No, you're not gonna kill them. You're gonna <laughs> do this. And I'm telling you, they were present then and they're very present now. It, it Now, things have changed because over 10 years, everybody's had children. Not everybody, but most of us have had children. Most of us have had, you know, things just happen where our life has shifted. And, and just, we, we can't get on the phone as much as we want. We can't. But fortunately, God still opens the door for yeah. us to be present. So my point is, if I didn't have just those four people, I would have had 13 meaningless people walking down the aisle. Yeah. And it would have meant nothing. It would have just pretty much just been like the numbers. So you could see my wedding party. It's like, no, 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 no. So I thank God that overseer saw that and she said, no, this is what we need to do. And it made it made a big difference. It made a big difference. It made the the, the wedding more like matured. Mm -hmm. It made it more elegant to me to not see a whole line of people. Like, you know, intimate. shout out to people that do it because there are people that do it with legit reasons why they do it. And legit friends, like and legit yeah. 14, 15 friends, like people who they know in twenty years they're still gonna be in their face. So that's yeah. different. But I wasn't sure about that. I didn't have insert, that definite. Insert T-Pain, that ain't me. Right, right. I didn't have that definite in my heart that these 13 people are going to be here in 10 years. I don't know that. So the four that I had, they are. They're present. They're here. And I'm grateful for that. So pretty much our wedding was great. Right. It was, an, it was incredibly pretty great. Pretty much free. Pretty much free. Yeah. Um, we did not barely make it. To anything after that, we were so worn out. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you right, right, right before we go. Let me tell you about the wedding night, right? So. <gasps> oh my God, we the wedding got, night is listen, not what they try to make it to we, be. <laughs> so we got back to the hotel room. My best man, Rufus. Oh uh, gosh. You know, he walks us up to the room to take the tux and the wedding dress to get it clean and all that put away properly. So oh we God. get into the room. He helps me with the bags. Mel sits in the chair. There was like a rocking room, chair. Right? It was so So perfect. she sits. I'm getting all the bags and the keys from Rufus. And I'm, and I'm putting around. Right, in this right? chair. I turn around and look at Mel and <laughs> she is completely knocked out. And I'm like, no, not on my wedding night. Right? Like, <laughs> so, um, so I'm like, babe, I need the dress. I need the dress. So I take her out the dress and she gets in the bed. Oh my God, I right? was so comfortable. So I give Rufus the dress. And he's like, all right, I need your tux. So I'm like, okay, give me a sec. I come back, she's snoring. No. I'm like, no, no, my wedding night, absolutely not. I was dying, so I go, dying. I go take the tux off, right? I put it in the bag and I give it to him. And he's like, man, enjoy your night. I was like, well, enjoy this night. So I lock the door. Nah, I get in the bed, right? And all I remember is waking up the next morning. Listen, okay? <laughs> because. 
that the person who bought the the hotel said, "I'm just telling you, the pillows are like feathers. Listen, and you're gonna drift off into sleep. It was a wonderful sleep. And I'm telling you, I felt Josh pick me up, put me in the bed, and I sunk in in the pillow. Next thing I know is morning. I said, Listen, oh, like, no hey, lie. hey, like, y'all. No lie. Like, hey, hey, Mrs. Thomas. <gasps> but it was <laughs> the next day. So I was like, literally you know, out we gone. didn't make it through the wedding night. It's okay, because we were so tired. So I'm not saying that's everybody's story. No, but some people have great. Honestly. Honestly. We were That gone. was a great wedding night. We were, so we were tired. That was so fantastic to me. It was so we wonderful. Gone. It was funny because it was like, wow, we really have something to tell our kids. I like, mean, I thank God for the first wedding day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, but listen, that yes, night, yes. that night was, listen, we straight up went. My face hurt from smiling all day long. <laughs> Yo, my face did too. From my smiling cheeks, and cheesing and laughing were and in, taking pictures. My cheeks were in literal pain Yo, from smiling all day. It was a day. great day. I felt like I had a face spasm. Because, like, <laughs> I was smiling so much. You're an idiot. But I'm telling you, um... The moral of this particular story is that when you wait on God and you listen to God, he will not only only give you a friend, but he'll give you a partner. Mm -hmm. And I thank God for this entire journey, and I'm looking forward to the next 10. Oh, my God. And I think, actually, we could safely say that that journey helped us into parenthood. Because we learned there how to wait ask the Lord. Now, see, we didn't ask the Lord specifically. Let me just say that. We didn't specifically say, God, we want children. Because honestly, Melissa Elaine was going to be a great aunt. And that was just my idea. My brain cell said, Jada is my daughter and (laughs) I don't want nothing else. Because she really gave me a run for my money. Jeremiah was my son. Jeremiah was was the boy and we had a complete family. So in my brain, I just was content being Aunt Red. And then you know, Layla popped up, but we didn't necessarily go before the Lord Hashtag and say, oh my God, stop it. Okay. We didn't necessarily say, God, we want children and we'd like for you to grace us with children. But that time, that journey of waiting and praying, it actually didn't allow us to go into panic mode when mm-hmm. Layla was coming. It was like, okay, we can tackle this. Like, God brought us through that. We can get through this kind of thing. So all of these steps or, or that journey leads to other things. So that's why you have to be very careful about choosing a wife. Men and women have to be very careful about handing their heart over to just anybody. Because you don't you don't want to do that and it be the wrong person. Because then you got to start over. But in the end, the journey is so worth it. It's so much to the journey. It's up. It's down. It's annoying. It's great. And in the end, it's God. Mm-hmm. And you know it's God when the flow is just effortless. You're not really doing anything. It's just kind of happening. God is kind of working it out. Not kind of, but he's working it out. And it makes the journey so much more worth it. I was like, okay, I get it. This is why you told me to wait. This is why you had me push the pause button here. Because if I didn't, you know, I truly believe that if we did rush into it the first time that Josh and I would probably not be married now. I'd probably be a single mother. And this is not to hurt your feelings. But I'd probably be a single mother um, I would have had a child and Josh would have said, no, this is not for me. I got to go. And he would have left. So I would have been miserable. He would have been miserable. Yeah, and I wouldn't have learned how to like 
be a be a friend. Like uh, yeah, I've I, growing up, I learned how to be a runner, like how to escape, how to flee situations that are too rough or too right. burdensome or. When you feel like, you know, I just can't take this. I learned how to, you know, panic and run, panic and run. Panic and run. So um, I don't think I would have been in this marriage not for, you know, Long. the counseling. Oh, if not for the, if, yeah. If not for the counseling, if not for the friendship that we have, um, the friendship that we, the foundation of a friendship that we have. That's the, that's been our key. Yeah. Like we, you have to be my friend because if you're not my friend, I can't even, that's why, henceforth, the title, I can't like you. I can't even like you. I can't love you if I don't like you. I don't like that phrase, you can love somebody, but you don't have to like them. That doesn't make any sense at all. You gotta like Because them. how you wanna love somebody you don't like? How? how? You can, it's not possible. To me, it's my personal opinion, it is not possible. Yes, you can love them with the love of the Lord, but you still gotta find something about that person that you can function around, or you can function with. You can't just, oh, I don't like the person. No, it doesn't make sense. You have to like your husband. You have to, you like, have to him. like your wife. You, you have, have to, to like them in order to, first of all, you have to like them in order to build a family, in order to build a whatever, your business, your whatever. You have to be able to like the person. You have to work with them. Marriage is work. That's yeah. what it is. And it's, think about when you're on your job. When you're on a job and you don't like the person, what is it? Misery. Misery. It's straight up miserable to even go to work. You feel like, dang, I'm wasting my time. I don't want to go to work. It's killing me. Think about living with a person. Think about that. That one roommate. If you don't like the person, you living with that person. How? How you going to not like the person and be living with them? You're going to be miserable. So you have to learn how to like each other first and then proceed to the other parts. But liking each other is so important because friendship is really, really important in marriage. It really is. Everybody asks me, what is your... What do you guys do to keep your, you know, relationship straight? We talk. Yeah. We, we talk. Like, the communication. I never believed in communication so much until I actually got married. Yeah. Communication is so key, and people use that as a phrase, and it's like, you know, it's in one ear and not the other, but it's the truth. I mean, we'll talk about this on a later episode or show, but I feel like if you can talk about three things with your spouse, mm -hmm. you, you're, you're good. If you can talk about sex, money, and your emotions... You can talk about anything because those are three things that, especially as men, you always feel like I'm gonna hurt feelings or something. But if you can talk about those three things sex, money, and your emotions I feel like that's a great platform to have a conversation about anything. Yeah, because those are sensitive things. Right. So not a lot of people wanna jump into that conversation. But when, you, when you're able to just be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Then you know that's your friend. Because yeah. just like when you have a girlfriend, you're able to tell them, like, ooh, let me tell you about this. It's the same, it's a similar thing when you have a friend and your husband. You could say, hey, babe, I want to talk to you about such and such and such. And it could be open and there's no ill feeling about, you yeah. know, towards each other. So, yeah, that's pretty much the story of how we met. It was a great story. Um, I love telling it because it always centers around God. Yeah. It's always what God did, not just in the wedding itself, but what he did in the relationship before it Even became a marriage. Yep. So it's always fun for me to, to be like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's interesting how you guys, it is interesting, but it's so God how 
you walked into the church. People say, oh, there's no men in the church. I mean, Josh really was literally I not literally in the church. In. He literally walked in. Like, yeah. literally just came in the door. And saw this one face. And saw the one face. And yeah. and that's what's funny to me is, like, he wasn't there. He wasn't a member. He showed up. And so that's God. God brought him there specifically for me. Yeah. And then you think about all the other things Just that happened in the relationship, how God protect us. He's so special. You know how God <laughs> protected us from certain things. Yeah. No illegitimate children. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody had an STD because yeah. nobody was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So God covered us so much in this story that when I tell people I get like excited because I realize like it can be done. Absolutely. It can be done if God allows you, if you allow God to be in the center, mm-hmm. it can be done. And so I, I love my story. I love, I can't wait to tell our kids. Wow. Well, I do tell them, but I, I want to tell them in detail. I love you too. <laughs> so it makes it easier to be able to tell them like, listen, this is what me and dad, this is what happened with me and daddy. But I'm so excited because What's great about us is our story is not over. Yeah. And now we're more like into the ministry part of our, mm-hmm. our marriage, which is great. All right, y'all. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. We've so, been um, this is Josh. And Melissa. And uh, I like my spouse. I like my spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We end on the kiss. Love you. Okay. Love you, too. All right, y'all. Peace. <laughs>